to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Special announcement straight from the the Tim and Julie Harris studios in, uh, live in Austin, Texas. Special announcement is Harris Rules, your no, uh, your no BS practical step-by-step guide to finally becoming rich and free, has been for sale on Amazon. And in, the, in about a day, it's gone from basically being top new release. Now it's a number one bestseller. I don't know, because I, Julie and I have never published a book on this scale before, what the significance of that is, but it seems like it's a big deal, I guess, to have the book go from basically being a new release to all of a sudden being a number one bestseller on Amazon. And our publisher is saying it's a number one bestseller in five different categories, business mentoring and coaching and real estate. And I mean, So we're well on the way of accomplishing our goal of making this the number one bestselling real estate book ever. Um, so uh, if you're not yet a uh, if you've not yet purchased the book, just remember it's 99 cents right now. And it's only going to be 99 cents because we're in the pre-marketing phase. Once uh, September 15th rolls around, then the book is going to be the price is going to be either 15 or 20 bucks. They're going to decide. At that point, it's not going to be available uh, with this other offer. So if you purchase the book on Amazon today, or actually now through the 15th technically, right, for only 99 cents, it's a Kindle version. Now remember, with Kindle, you don't need the um, you don't actually need the Kindle device. Kindle's just a software app, so if you down and it's right there. I'm looking at the Amazon page right now, and the Kindle it says read on any device. Get your Kindle app. You can just click that, download it to your your desktop, your iPhone, your iPad, your Android. It doesn't really matter. Read it on your Tesla. So the um, the Kindle app works everywhere. So don't worry about the fact that it's only available on Kindle. So go to Amazon, buy the book, leave us a review. And what we're doing for everyone, basically, you know, I want you to get the book, read a chapter or two, go back and leave a review. And everyone who buys the book during the pre-marketing phase, which is between now and September 15th, uh, they're going to be invited to be members of a private mastermind group that Julie and I have starting about the same time as September 15th. And this is a mastermind group. Um, it's, you know, Julie and I were talking about yesterday, it's been about a year since we did it, started a new mastermind. You guys don't hear about the masterminds because we don't market them and advertise them. They're invitation only. But this is something we're, we're, we're doing to thank all of you guys who helped us to make this book the number one bestseller on Amazon. But also we're doing it as a way to, um, I mean, honestly, it's a way of, of giving back to all of you. So if you, all you've got to do basically is buy the book for 99 cents, make sure you read it. And then go back and you know read a couple chapters. Go back and leave a great review, uh, or whatever your honest opinion is. And then just by doing that, we are going to, just by buying the book, you're going to be invited to be a member of our private mastermind. Okay, so that's how it works. Now this is open for Premier Coaching members and those of you who are not yet Premier Coaching members. So please keep that in mind. That's available for all of you. Just go over to Amazon, put in the uh, the words Harris Rules, and it'll take you right to the book. And the reviews are just starting to pour in. We only started selling this yesterday. So there it is. And I want to sincerely thank Julie and I. We're not expecting this book to be – I mean, we were hoping it would be successful. We had no idea it would be a number one bestseller within 24 hours. That is like – I still can't wrap my mind around how exactly that happened. I'm very grateful that it happened. 
I'm great, very grateful to all of you guys. I'm very grateful to, you know, all of our premier coaching members. A lot of you guys are obviously the same people. So, you know, thank you sincerely. And uh, look, this podcast is not about Julie and I. It's not about our book. It's about the content we present to you. It's about giving it to you guys, giving you guys applicable, practical, tactical information. And that's what today's show is all about. So, Julie, what's the topic of today's show? We are talking about... Are you ready? Are you sitting down? You know, you're probably not, but maybe some of our listeners are. It's that word that starts with a P <laughs> and ends with a G that sometimes makes agents pee their pants. I'm just giving you fair warning. We're talking about prospecting today. What is it? Why is it critical? We're going to come to terms with this, and we're going to get them really clear on the reality of having to lead generate. So there's all my, my early warning signs. But it's time to drill down on the critical skill that is indeed required and make the commitment to understand, implement, and perfect your prospecting abilities. So let's start with what is prospecting? It's, you know, not many office managers and brokers even talk to you guys about this, but prospecting is the ability to generate quality business in an efficient and effective manner with predictable and duplicatable results. And I wanted to stop here just for a second, Tim, because – a lot of agents avoid this like the plague. They, they don't understand it. It freaks them out. Not everybody. Many of our listeners are, have you know, embraced this and are making tons of money from it, right? But here's the thing. Whenever I get a little bit of nervousness from them you know, on a coaching call or something, I always ask them, what is your marketing budget? Do you have one? What's your time, your money, your budget? Because there's so many agents that don't have any of that. So that leaves you with having to generate. And even if you do have some great marketing out there, which is fine, that's fantastic, we teach a lot of that, you know, here's the fact. Most people are either, and we'll talk about this later in the call, most agents are prospecting-based, marketing-enhanced, or the other way around, marketing-based, prospecting-enhanced. But you notice that both of those things require prospecting. So the fact is this. Effective prospectors are not dependent on market conditions. They're not dependent on price range being at the right brokerage, or any other outside force. But this requires skill, discipline, and action. So I pulled out one of my favorite quotes from the fanatical prospecting book that many of you guys have read. Jeb Blount By Jeb Blount, the by the way. Jeb Blount. Yes. Jeb Blount, a friend of ours, who gave us a great quote for the cover of our book. Um, so this is a – if you haven't gotten his book yet, definitely get that one. You know, Julie, I want to interject something. I was just thinking while you were yeah. talking. So you know what the different one of the so this is the first day I've had my private coaching call with my elite clients. So I had I don't know six calls this morning. You know that half of them asked me when they saw that it was the number one bestseller on Amazon. They all assumed that we didn't write it. <laughs> they all did. They all said, "Well, well you just put them on the phone with me." I know, <laughs> I but this relates. Blood, sweat, to, here's that thing. Go ahead. They, this relates to the topic, and here's how. You guys, a lot of you will assume that success can be purchased. Real success can be bought. You assume, some of you, that we didn't write this book, but we did. Now, literally, we wrote this book. Um, now, did we uh, do the formatting? No. Did we check it for grammar and all the rest of it? No. I mean, you know, but we wrote the book. The content is original content. But it's fascinating to me that the assumption would be that we just hired some ghostwriter to write the book for us. And I understand why, because most everyone does it that way. I mean, virtually every book that you guys read nowadays is not written by the person whose name's on the cover. That's become the normal thing. But isn't that fascinating? Because being writing a book that you've written the, the content yourself is very similar to the mindset of being a prospector versus someone who just tries to buy the business or buys the success. 
I think that's kind of goes to the authenticity. It goes. To, I think there's an. I don't know. I was going to say the word ethics, but there's something about having to do the work, having created the work yourself, that makes it so much more fulfilling and everlasting. So those of you guys who learn, if you're trying to wrap your mind around the idea of doing your own lead generation, I realize that for many of you, that is a new concept because you've never, been, you haven't been in the business long enough to be exposed to anything else other than the, all the happy talk about the pretty shiny bullshit things that are yeah. getting inundated with you guys. You know, um, our, uh, we had many of you attended the Inman Conference in San Francisco, and I had somebody email me with pictures of all the booths and all the people selling stuff to agents, and we were kind of keeping an informal tally of what the stuff was that they were trying to sell. Ninety percent of it was some sort of done-for-you lead generation, which is all basically just a similar ideas that these guys were all doing. Online lead generation will convert your leads, will do this, do the other thing. They're just basically trying to feed your desire to be lazy. But for every one agent, the joke was, there were three people there trying to sell leads to agents. I just thought that was fascinating because there's so many people out there that realize that agents – I don't think – honestly, I think it's because you guys have never been told the truth about lead generation. If you've only been in the business uh, in the post-Zillow years, you think it's normal to buy all your leads because no one's ever told you, your broker, your office manager, they may not have been in the business at a time before Zillow. But I'm here to tell you guys – that buying leads is not a sustainable business model. Buying leads means that you're always going to be susceptible to the people selling you the damn leads. The lead quality could change. Their algorithms could change. The number of leads they send you they could change. The cost could change. All that crap is out of your control. And I don't know about you, but I don't like being out of control, especially when it comes to leads, because leads are obviously one of the most important things. They're the, the food that feeds your business. So if you guys don't have space yet in your minds carved out for the concept of creating your own business, creating your own leads. I want you to try to do that now with, when you're listening to Julie's point. So I had a great new coaching client uh, join yesterday. He had been with another coaching company for five years, and he called me because he wasn't feeling motivated. I don't know if he's listening today. I'm not going to mention his name. He doesn't give me permission to, so I won't. Um, but he's in Utah, St. George, Utah. And I was talking to this guy, and this guy, here's the story. He's 39 years old, listeners, um, and he's, he's got one assistant. And this year so far in St. George, Utah, he's, earned, he's basically going to earn a million dollars this year. That's the long and the short of it. Him on the phone generating his own business with one assistant. Now, St. George, Utah is a smoking hot market like most of the, most of the country, but he's doing all that, making basically a million dollars, one guy, one assistant. His net from those sales, after paying his broker and his assistant and everything else, is going to still be like eight hundred grand, $850,000. He has no marketing expense. He has no anything expense. So what this guy's done in the past two years, basically, he's, he's essentially earned over $2 million to him. And with that $2 million, he's quickly making himself rich. Now, why did he hire me as his coach? Because he wants to take it to the next level. And a lot of you guys who join our elite coaching program, which is where you hire Julie and I as your personal coaches, it's because you basically want to supercharge what you're already doing, which is a totally different conversation. But I thought it was fascinating, the concept of buying leads to him, because I wanted to test the waters with him when I was talking to him yesterday, deciding whether or not I wanted to coach him. I wanted to make sure that he wasn't addicted to buying leads. And he started to laugh. 
He said he'd actually tried buying leads from the big portals. He said he tried to basically buy leads from all these other places that people buy leads. And he said that there's such crap, he couldn't believe that people actually do it compared to actually learning how to basically pick up the phone and generate the business himself. Well, where you guys get stuck, where a lot of you get stuck is you overanalyze it. You think it's harder than it is. It's not. Picking up the phone and making a phone call is the easiest thing ever. Once you use scripts that you know are going to work. Now, it's not just for sale by owners it's not, or what we call unrepresented sellers. It's not just expired. It's not just listed and sold. It's not just your centers of influence and past clients. There's literally about a dozen other people that you can be calling depending on your market. If you're in L.A., you should be calling uh, business managers. If you're in New York, you might want to be calling. You guys get the point. There's lots and lots of different people you can network with, and that is the most profitable way to get business. Now, the nice thing about having that mindset of going back to the book I of being your own author versus basically trying to worry about whether or not your ghost author can actually produce a good content or in his in the case of you guys worrying about whether or not the guys that are selling you leads are actually going to do or sell you decent leads you know you your future is dependent on somebody else does not seem insane to you does, is that the reason you got into business, basically, to be beholden to somebody that's essentially going to be controlling whether or not you have any money, whether or not you make your mortgage payment, depending on how much you're willing to pay for leads? Isn't that just essentially like bondage, you know, of some variety? You know, I heard something funny, too. Actually, now I'm thinking about it. He said – he may have heard me say this on the podcast, but still, it's funny. He said that when he gets solicitations, he said one of the best things that these lead sellers try to say, or one of the things they all say – is that, look, we'll be your partner in your business. That's one of the things, little angles they try to play. Mm-hmm. He must have heard me say this on the podcast because he said it to me when we were talking yesterday. It made me laugh my ass off. He said, basically, you're a partner to me like it's a, a flea is a partner to a dog. You know, He said he said that to somebody who had cold called him trying to sell him leads. I just thought that I was There's proud of him and I just you. met the guy. Well, but you guys, <laughs> here's, here's, the point, here's the point of all this. As Julie's going through these points, I know, I feel, I know, we've had hundreds of thousands of personal coaching calls, so I know a lot of you guys are going to reject the idea of learning the skills. Please set aside your skepticism, set aside your fear, set aside all the bullshit that basically you're being inundated with every single day about buying leads, and open your mind at least to the concepts that Julie is going to be presenting, okay? That's the commitment I want you guys to make. When you allow, when you set your fear-based ego aside, and you allow your mind to open up to the possibilities that we're trying to present to you on this show and tomorrow's show most likely, you're going to have basically like life-changing events because you're all of a sudden going to have wake up in the morning and you're going to know exactly what you should be doing every single morning. You're going to know exactly what you need to be producing every morning. You're going to then have after not too long, you're going to start consistently generating business and you're going to break free of the dependency cycle that so many of you guys have been on and you think is normal. That thinking nor- that buying leads is normal, that's what Julie and I are rallying against. And by the way, that's a lot of what our book is about too, not buying leads. So this Julius Jeb Blunt qu- uh, quote from his great book, Fanatical Prospecting, could you read that? Yes, and I think that you and I are in complete agreement and agents will, will have a light bulb go off when you hear this quote. He wrote, and we agree with, the 30-day rule states that the prospecting you do in this 30-day period will pay off for the next 90 days. It's a simple yet powerful universal rule that governs sales, and you ignore it at your peril. When you internalize this rule, it will drive you to never put prospecting aside for another day. The implication of the 30-day rule is simple. 
Miss a day of prospecting and it will tend to bite you sometime in the next 90 days. Miss a week and you'll feel it in your commission check. Miss the entire month and you will tank your pipeline, fall into a slump, and wake up 90 days later desperate, feeling like a loser with no clue how you ended up there. <laughs> so doesn't that sound like the typical cycle that happens in real estate? You know, And I don't think that agents identify that as a prospecting issue, Tim. I think often they'll say it's because they had a lot of things in contract and they were taking after them. But really, what did that cause? Lack of prospecting, lack of lead follow-up. So remember that the 30-day rule, what you do now is what's going to pay off over the next 90 days. And I would say in many markets, even beyond that 90 days, if you guys look at what you have pending now and remember when you first met that lead, sometimes it's you know two years ago. So would you agree well, with you that, guys are about, the whole 30-day rule? Absolutely. Well, I mean, in real estate, in about, let's see, September, October, in about – you know, 60 or fewer days, when you guys start prospecting, you're going to start getting a lot of people that say they're going to wait till after the holidays, right? <laughs> That's, you're going to start hearing those end-of-year holiday objections. Yes, exactly. You know, and so a lot of people put their whole life plans on hold until, you know, after November, after December, and then sometime in January, and January turns into February. So, look, the fact is, is the contacts you guys start making now are, as Julie just said, as Jeb Blunt just said, those are the contacts that are going to turn into business for you in the spring. Now, we give you scripts and whatnot to overcome the objection about, we'll wait until after the holidays, or we'll wait, we'll wait. You know, sellers are always going to have an excuse. You know, but you have to. We're going to show you how to specifically overcome that. We're going to show you how to what to say, how to say it when you've got those guys on the phone. But still, some of them just don't want the hassle over the holidays. I understand. You guys understand. Those become your spring listings. But if you're not on the phone now, if you're not actually doing the real work, if you're not doing what you don't want to do and you don't want to do it at the highest level now, you're going to have a shitty spring. I guarantee it. If you had a shitty spring this year, it's because you weren't working in third and fourth quarter of the previous year. Fact. So don't make that mistake. Your year, 2018, I know it's freaky to think about, folks. Believe me, I'm right there with you. But your 2018 has already started. That is a fact. So, Julie, let's move forward. Yes, so there are different types of prospecting. What are they? Well, two categories specifically, people you know and people you don't know. Here's a secret. The strongest real estate practices are prospecting-based, marketing-enhanced, or marketing-based and prospecting-enhanced. But regardless of which you're running, becoming a powerful prospector is key in your ability to create the profit which meets or exceeds your goals. If you don't have goals, go back to your treasure map that we sent you. Okay. So, Julie, back, Julie I don't want to bounce off that. Listen, I don't want to bounce off what you just said because it's okay. really important because it. I know what they're going to hear. They're only going to hear what they want to hear. They're going to hear marketing-based, prospecting-enhanced. Mm -hmm. That's what they're going to hear. I need to go do you more marketing. Want, I know. That's exactly right. And I know what you all are thinking. <laughs> right? You guys are thinking, I'm just going to send out more cards. I'm just going to do more online ads. I'm just going to do more of passive, passive shit, passive. hoping somehow the clouds part and all of a sudden the you know, business rains down on me. doesn't work that way. Julie said marketing-based prospecting enhance. What we really focus on in our coaching organization is prospecting-based marketing enhance. And the truth is, is when you get good at the prospecting, you'll never have to do the marketing. But some of you are already in these paradigms where you've been doing marketing, and the marketing sucks. It doesn't work. It doesn't work because you're not following up with the prospecting. If you're doing geographic farming to a particular area, which can work depending on the area, and you follow this up with a phone call, then everything's going to work. If you just do the mailers, mailers now in most markets, it's going to take a year before you even get any kind of response from that mailer. 
if you do calls into the ma into that area after you do the mailer, then you're going to get magic. Remember I told you that. So when Julie said marketing-based, prospecting enhanced, this is not an excuse just to do the marketing. Julie? No, I did not say prospecting free. <laughs> so thank you for right. translating that. Okay. So another fact, most effective prospectors work multiple spokes or categories of lead generation or prospecting. Let's look at why this is important by digging into two types of people you're calling, those who you know and those who you don't. So category number one, people you know. These are past clients, people in your center of influence. Everyone loves repeat and referral business. So this should be the strongest spoke in your lead generation wheel for all of you. I don't care if you're a grizzled veteran, licensed 40 years, or you've been licensed four minutes. Your center of influence and your past clients have to be the strongest spoke. Advantages. These people already know, love, and trust you. They're unlikely to ask for commission reductions or kickbacks, and you probably don't have to compete for the business. Disadvantages. You don't know who in your database is going to move next, so you have to communicate with the whole list all the time. Strategy. Have an ever-expanding list, Systematize your outreach with a combination of personal calls, happygrasshopper.com emails, personal pop buys, you can use bomb bomb videos, a combination of outreach, and go advanced with quarterly client appreciation events, all of which we teach in Premier Coaching. But the secret is this. You have to have more communication more frequently with a larger list than you think. That's a huge point. I want to hover there on it for a second. You have to have more communication, more frequently, and a larger list than you think. If you keep pounding the same 50 people over and over and over, and you're not offering anything of value, your list isn't big enough. Remember the 10% rule. When you have constant communication and you're offering something of value with a call to action, in other words, communicating all the time, then at least 10% of your list will either do a transaction with you this year or refer someone to you. Now, our coaching clients who are very good at this, who have really embraced this spoke, get more like 30 to 40, even 50% of their business from their past clients and center of influence. But those are our agents and listeners who are purpose expanding their center of influence list. They're going to the things that we talk about. You know, I mean, I always, people that resist this time, I always remind them when they look at that agent in their office who got that really awesome listing, and they go, well, how in the world did they get that? It probably wasn't because they sent a flyer. It's probably because that person already knew them. So be the one they know. And I could go on about people you know, but that's one big bucket of prospecting, people you know. Okay. Second bucket, people you don't know. This is everyone who is not a past client or in your sphere of influence. Our favorites are unrepresented sellers, otherwise known as FISBOs, expireds, both new and old, NODs, and new construction. But there's lots of other spokes. These are just our favorite. Now, what are the advantages to prospecting people you don't know? Well, guess what? What you do know is that they're ready to sell. If they're a FISBO or an expired, you know for sure that they want to sell, and many of them have to sell, many of them today disadvantages. Because they don't know you, you need a higher level of skill, script, discipline, objection handling to successfully help these prospects. So a smart agent has some decisions to make. What is the ideal combination? This is a frequently asked coaching question, and we get this in our email all the time. Um, you know, the new member coaches hear this all the time. What is the ideal combination of spokes in your lead generation wheel? So shall I continue with that, Tim, or do you want to hover? 
Well, make sure you explain you lead generation wheel first because we can't assume all of them know, right? Ah. Well, that's true. Let's talk about spokes in the wheel. So, you know, we sometimes will tease people uh, that they're a one-spoke wonder. That means that they only have one source of business, and if that source crashes, then they're basically screwed. So the bicycle analogy, spokes in the wheel. Let's say that you were putting together your brand new bicycle, and you know, maybe you're an impatient sort that doesn't read instructions and you just kind of figure you didn't really need all of those spokes. It's, you know, the wheels together, I'll just go on a bike ride. You've only got like one or two decent spokes in that front tire, in that front wheel, and you hit a rock in the road or a pothole. You wipe out. Why is that? Because the integrity of your bike is not very good. It doesn't take much to wreck you. And those of you who were wrecked in the last re recession because you only worked one spoke, you guys are familiar with the one spoke wonder problem. So let's say that instead you are building your business on purpose just like that bike and you get the instructions out, you use every single part, you tighten up all the nuts and bolts, you've studied how to put this thing together and you have multiple spokes in that same front wheel. You don't even notice when there's a speed bump. You don't notice a problem with your lead generation. If one spoke stops generating for you, you're okay because you've got all these other spokes in your wheel. You can just sail right over that pothole. You don't even notice that it happens. So we coach you to have multiple spokes in your lead generation wheel. Now let's get back to prospecting for a second. What is the ideal combination? Well, we're going to start with A because we already mentioned it, a very strong past client center of influence spoke which consists of many spokes working together as follows. A minimum and reasonable number of personal calls every day. At least one lunch, brunch, or coffee in person with someone in your database every week. Ideally at a restaurant in your main farm area where you are obviously talking about real estate. Three past client center of influence pop buys weekly, happygrasshopper.com, which is automated uh, email videos. One to three center of influence meetups per week. That can be clubs, events. This is to expand your center of influence and charity work to expand that. Now, I would add bomb bomb videos to that as well. Um, anything you want to add? I mean, I really can't emphasize this whole center of influence thing enough because they don't know who's going to move next. You have to communicate more than you well, would by so calling say, 10 FISBOs who I'll have to sell. Go ahead. So if you guys, so you can go wide on this, or you can go deep on this. And what benefits most of you guys is when we go deep, opposed to going wide and just kind of giving you a fire hose of information. So the question, just we should hover here and maybe round the bend on today's show with this one concept, one idea, one question I have for you: Why is it that you guys don't work your centers of influence and past clients in a more direct, uh, proactive way? In other words, why don't you pick up the phone and why don't you call them? Ha ask yourself that question. And I'm going to tell you guys a story. And uh, and this is this is really this is something that actually you know it's true. So Julie and I sold real estate for a long time, and one of the markets we sold real estate in last was this area called New Albany, Ohio. And we had um, the Starbucks that was in New Albany that Julie and I would frequent most every day. Now we didn't go there just for the coffee, and obviously we love to saturate our brains with coffee every day, and that's always been true. So we'd go to the line, we'd stand in the line at Starbucks. We hit the line at Starbucks on purpose every morning or maybe three days of the week, when the line was going out the door, okay? You guys with me so far? You visualizing that? Now, remember, Ohio, it gets cold pretty early. It gets cold around October, you know, it stays cold sometimes until May. <laughs> so a lot of days you're standing out there shivering with other people waiting for your damn coffee. Well, a couple of stories that came from this. The gal that was the manager of the Starbucks was a gal named Tristan. 
and a super nice, sweet gal. Every time she'd see us in line, which was those three days, sometimes more days of the week, she'd always say, hey, Tim and Julie, how's it going? You know, anything cool about real estate? Or She would actually ignite a question or throw us a question in front of all these other people that would result in us having these nice real estate conversations at Starbucks almost every morning. So how cool is that? But there was a guy um, – Actually, two guys that we would always see in line about the same time. And Julie and I knew these guys from a different uh, from the New Albany Country Club. Julie was actually did the swimming thing almost every morning. She knew one of them from there. These these uh, a father and son. They owned a uh, a, far, a state farm insurance company, I think. Now it was residential, and so they should have absolutely positively been going out of their way to try to befriend us because obviously we were selling a lot of real estate in New Albany. We were selling a lot of real estate outside of New Albany between 100 and 200 homes. You know, they could have benefited greatly from just befriending us and we would happily send them business. Julie and I are very gratuitous um, about it and, and show appreciation to virtually everyone. It just, it's the way we've always been. So here we are in this situation and, and I remember we lived there for a good while, years, and I remember being in line and seeing these two guys, last name was Carr, if I remember correctly. You know, maybe it would be both of them, maybe it would be one of them. And remember, I told you Tristan would always tee up the conversation and ask about real estate. Well, these guys would never talk to us. Occasionally, hello, how do you do, something like that. They knew what we did. We knew what they did. And they'd been in that New Albany market forever. They were basically from New Albany, you know. So it wasn't a secret that they could have been doing business with us. So for the first while, year, maybe year and a half that Julie and I lived there, and they didn't say anything to us, they're not really overt about saying anything to us, about saying, hey, let me buy your cup of coffee. Let's talk about how we can be working together. Uh, you know, that didn't happen. And I didn't really think anything of it for the first while. I figured, well, you know, they have their real estate contacts. They're kind of private people. And maybe I was making excuses in my mind. And I realized all this years later, by the way, I didn't think of it at the time, but thinking back, uh, years later, as I was learning, you know, getting good at the craft of being a coach, I was starting to be introspective about my own experiences, and, and so this is the ex this is where this goes. So year, year and a half of we, uh, the time we lived there, no real direct solicitations from them to do business with us, nothing, no reach outs, nothing. Then after, and you know, I didn't think anything of it, you know, didn't think twice about it. Then more time passed. And then my mind started creating excuses or creating almost resentment to the fact that they didn't ask. And it was all subconscious. And again, I realized all this years later. So then I started realizing that they hadn't asked us for business. This is what my mind was telling me, right? Because maybe they were just too busy. You know, oh, they're just too busy. They've got enough customers. They don't want any more customers. You know, they're just slammed. These guys are probably have every farm, every mansion, every, you know, whatever executive from the limited is doing, oh, they don't need our business. And that's it. That's the reason they're not asking. Okay, another year passed. And then my mind started creating another excuse why they hadn't asked. See, these are, this is the same experience that people are having with you when you don't solicit them for business. That's where I'm going with all of this. So more time passes, and then I start saying to myself, well, they must just not like us. I mean, my gosh, they must not be asking to do business with us because they don't like us. These are all the types of ways that my mind was sort of manifesting this odd behavior from someone who should have been trying to do business with us. All right. Now, years later when I'm coaching, so we never really did business with them is the moral of that story. We could have sent them literally thousands since we lived there, thousands of potential insurance customers. We never sent them one because they never asked us for business. And I just told you how basically it worked out. So years later on coaching calls, and I'm trying to help agents understand the significance 
of the their lack of direct outreach to folks asking for business. And then I started realizing because normally I would just try to, you know, do the normal coaching things to try to get people to do what they didn't want to do. Didn't work. People were just completely had a barrier, uh, an ego barrier, a fear-based barrier of asking the question or going and soliciting folks. You know, oh, I don't want people, you know, so let me get to the punchline here. So I then remembered that experience with those guys. I then remembered and realized the real reason they never asked us for business wasn't because they were too busy, wasn't because they didn't know we were in the business, wasn't because they didn't like us. The real reason they never asked for business from us is because of their egos, because they didn't necessarily know what to say, because they didn't know how to say it, because they were fearful what our reaction would have been. They were just like many of you guys. So my mind created all these stories as far as why we weren't create, why they weren't asking us for business because they should have been. They were insurance agents. That's their job. Their job is to be salespeople and ask for business, right? Your job is to do the same thing. So when you have neighbors, when you have friends, when you have past clients, when you even have family members, and you're not overtly asking them questions like, by the way, who do you know that I should be buying or selling a real estate in this market? By the way, do you have anyone who's thinking about investing in our market? I, I've got some great properties. When you're not overtly putting yourself out there to every single person you know, I promise you, they're making a story about you now the story they're making about you is you're too busy you're too successful you don't want the business in the worst case scenario is you're just too damn lazy and you're not professional okay you guys getting the point here so you don't think there's no negative ramification so you don't ask for the business here's the irony of it you don't ask for the business because you're fearful of your ego is telling you, oh, what will they think of me if I ask for the business? They'll think I'm desperate. They'll think I'm this, I'm that, and the other thing. Your ego comes up with a waterfall of excuses, of fear-based excuses for you not to uh, actually pursue the business. But here's the funny part. By listening to your ego, you actually manifest or create the outcome that they do have these negative thoughts about you because you never actually asked. Do you guys following me on this? That's what we eventually came to, the conclusion with these the insurance guys. I just told you. We started saying, well, they must not like us. Then we said they must just be too lazy. They must be – those are what the same thought patterns probably that you have about people that should be soliciting you for business that aren't and the same exact thought patterns that your past clients are having about you because you're not soliciting them. You're fearful of it. You need to get the hell over that. You are a real estate salesperson. That is what your license says. Okay, you are a salesperson. Learn to be the best version of a salesperson that you possibly can. So listen, guys, we're a little bit over on today's podcast. Sincere, unbelievable, uh, undeniable thanks to all of you for helping to make our new book, Harris Rules, the number one bestseller on Amazon. I am blown away that it happened in less than 24 hours or about 24 hours. I didn't actually time it. It was around 24 hours. Number one in business mentoring and coaching. We're competing against some massive, big-name, well-known authors, and it's still the number one book. Not number one new release, number one bestseller. So thank you to, for making that true. You guys go to Amazon.com and please download the book. Um, the pri it, as soon as it's out of the pre-marketing phase, which is going to be out of the pre-marketing phase, on September 15th, the book is going to be 15 or, or 20 bucks. It is going to be available then in paperback probably in six months 
Uh, we're going to do an audible version, a massive pain in the ass, but we're going to do that for all of you guys too. And then uh, next year or maybe early the following year, we're going to come out with another book. <laughs> again, we're not signing ourselves up for that again. Huge job when you write it yourself, when you're actually willing to do the work. Go back to what I was talking about you got, with you guys earlier about prospecting, earning your business, earning your success. If there's anything we can ever do for you, I want you guys to remember that we always have your backs. We're no bullshit. We're going to have your backs. We're going to help you no matter what you need, whenever you need it. Email me uh, directly, Tim at TimAndJulieHarris.com or Julie at TimAndJulieHarris.com. Please go to Amazon now. Buy our book and do leave a great review after you've read it. Don't just leave the review after you buy the book. I want you to read it so what you're, what you're posting are your authentic, real feelings. Okay, that's what I'm asking all of our podcast listeners to do. Thank you, guys. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.